Dear Brainies, thank you for tuning in. This is your host Michelle and Zhao. Um, well, I've been away for the past week, and、uh, I I did make announcement before I went away, but I realized the episodes seem to have not been published correctly, so it seemed like I just dropped out. But it's really not the intention, you know. I I intended to declare, like, essentially. Make it clear that I was gonna be gone for a bit for a, for holiday, and then you know continue afterwards. I think it was a decision that I I really wanted to fully disconnect.、Um, and it's also me acknowledging that because I guess this is public facing. I thought I would be able to like speak about absolutely everything. The podcast, but it's not hundred percent the case. So it's still my true voice. It's just,、uh, I guess, not every possible emotional angle, only sensible because you know, people can find it. But anyways, um, I wanna reflect on the trip in Morocco. I don't know if you've been,、uh, what you think about it, or if you are from there.、Um, it's my my boyfriend's first time in Africa, and、um, first time in an Islamic dominant country. Way. Both had Morocco on our bucket list. Like we, you know, we've seen pictures of the place. We thought it would be absolutely fascinating.、Um, like we went with pretty, pretty high expectations, right? And、um, the plan was to stay in the capital, Marrakesh, for a few days, and then a few days on a beach town. Um, coastal town called Isaria, and、uh, we allowed flexibility、uh, as well. We wanted to kind of see where the trip take us.、Um, upon arrival, I think first day, we landed. It was already a bit of hiccup because I mean, we did research, and it said you know there's no way of getting、uh, DRAM. Uh, Moroccan money outside of the country, and so you have to get things in in the country. And we checked、uh, with this bank card we both use called Revolut,、um, that allows easy international money withdrawal at a bank bank rate supposedly. You know, and、uh, you know, we were pretty relaxed. But then when we actually got there, the ATM didn't work for some reason. It was quite a shock. At least ATM at the airport didn't work, so we didn't really know how we would pay the taxi driver. We had some pounds. We ended up paying him that way, which worked out. But he actually charged us extra. We later on found out, but it matters. It's not the key point. I mean, it's just a slight unexpected kind of arrival shock. Um, logistics, kind of, you know, like just uh,、um, 
surprised us. And then, but you know, this is not the country's fault. We obviously still were pretty excited to see, you know, what the Airbnb look like and you know how we're gonna get up around, visit the souks, visit the central market, etc. But the way from where the taxi could stop to the hotel was almost like a maze, right? That felt a bit wow. Okay, interesting.、Um, but by this point, we're still kind of intrigued. You know, everything is just like okay, it's cultural. It's different. It's like this old town where you know these like oh, Airbnbs, hotels are kind of hidden in this unassuming exterior. Inside, all look cool, right? But when we actually went to the rooftop, looked around, it was really clear that right around a few of these like Airbnb,、uh, Riyadh, like hotel type stuff, like fancy, nice looking ones, other things were well really run down. Like it's just poverty, right? In front of your eyes, you know, extremely rundown where people literally use like plastic to somehow create a bit of shelter over their heads, you know. And then we also,、um, well, we were reminded and, and warned by the Airbnb hostess to watch out for our. Bags,、uh, cause there are a lot of pickpocketing.、Uh, you know, I mean, for touristy spot, pickpocketing is not news. So I guess that was still like we were going to handle it. But then when we finally were out, we were pretty close to a souk. Suki is basically the narrow streets of markets. When you see pictures, you're like, it's so colorful, it's so exciting, it's so unique. When you are actually there, well, the two-dimensional flat image doesn't capture the noise, the smell, and the well, not to mention, I guess, stress. So, Suks were very loud and. Extremely narrow streets. People literally are like rubbing shoulders. Yet there are scooters passing through on relatively fast speed, and then bicycles. So just like chaos, right? And and sometimes somehow there would be like a taxi parked in some sort of like slightly wider parts of a Sook Street. It just The whole setup was is chaotic, and it reminded me of of China, like certain rural,、um, small town China markets twenty some years ago. You know, when things are just everything laid out on the street, people are just yelling, trying to get your attention, and tons of flies. Okay, so I guess this part we're just like okay.、Um, 
you know, it's a little different from from the picture perfect part, but you know, still still interesting enough. Like, but, but very soon we we sensed that all the market's owners, shop owners, they're rather aggressive, all trying to get our attention, and they like some even like physically entering, like grab you, like that is a bit too much, and then. We uh, <laughs> we were actually nearly pickpocketed at some point, but even these like we weren't going to say to places like anything. We didn't want to like you know, we won't make make judgment decision quite yet. And then the second day. We're like, okay, so we got a hang of this. We know maybe seems a bit aggressive. We need to like, you know, really get into specific local mindset, find and bargain for ourselves, all that. Just as we left the residential bit, this one dude, one dude, full of smile. Greeted us, explained that he worked for a riyadh, and told us that the other direction there is a a market that any that only exists once a week. So told us not to go to the main market. I mean, he seemed really friendly, and he he was just pointing the direction. So it was okay, cool, I check it out. Thanks for the tip, kind of thing. And then this other guy, who was walking in front of us, he was stopped by, I guess, the hotel staff, quote unquote,、uh, and he was going to show us where the market was because that's where he was going. So, okay, it seemed. Reasonable setup. He seemed to just want to practice English and was walking the same direction anyway. So we, you know, naively followed him. And <laughs> ten minutes later, we ended up at a tourist trap that was marketed as a leather factory, but really extremely disgusting. Place, especially for a vegetarian, vegan person like me, it was disgusting, stinky, full of basically animal corpses, dead body, well, partial their skin.、Uh, it was one of the worst physical space I've been in in like nearly my whole life. Ugh, it was absolutely disturbing. But because it was done in such a way, like we were nearly like hustled into the space, like without having any like chance of like looking things through, making our decisions.、It、was just like all set up. But because it was like two euros, like and we all already walked all this way, kind of just thought we'd、eh, check it out because there were other tourists who also got there, and so like. 
did seem like it's a tourist spot, but once you are in, you realize it's a complete trap, complete trap. And um, we didn't want to like finish the tour because halfway through they pushed us into this one store. If it's market, there gotta be way more. Just like clear. By that point, it's extremely clear. It's a trap, right? But I want to leave, and、uh, this guy who supposedly who only showed us to a place, friendly guy, quote unquote friendly guy, chased us. And I was like, "Oh, you didn't finish the tour, you know?" He was waiting for us by the other door. Because we left, he had to like chase us, and then ask for money. That moment, it become clear like he was totally part of the gang, right? It's like almost forcing you to give them money, and just because you don't want trouble, and it's not enough for it's not enough money for you to like waste your energy on. So yeah, we. Gave him, gave him a two euros as well. It, what's annoying is that it's matter of principle. I feel like they see tourists as sheep, and they're there to get you. They're there to get money out of you. It's like. This hostile, aggressive feeling you get from them makes it very stressful and unpleasant, right? And I'm sure there are nice locals, just Americans. We unfortunately did not encounter any of them. Sadly, like my Airbnb hostess was not a local. She's a French lady who lived in Morocco for a few years. And、um, what solidified our kind of perception of the city was when we're trying to take taxi for the first time. By that point, by the way, like we、um, the night before, we met a German couple who've been in Morocco for a few days. They gave us tips about like how you really need to haggle hard for taxi. They would ask. Five times the value, and the base fare should just be like twenty-five dirham wherever you go in the city. And so we had some sort of reference point. And then in bargaining with the taxi driver, who was asking for like ninety, a hundred dirham for a ride, we're like, okay, start low, even though like the end number is probably like twenty-five. We'll start with fifteen. And then he quickly accepted the offer. I mean, my my boyfriend was right in sensing there was probably some misunderstanding. So I intentionally tried to confirm with him before getting into the taxi by saying one five, even with hand gesture. And he nodded, accepted the offer. So we got in, and by the time we arrived. I gave him fifteen dirham, and he refused to accept it and said it was fifty. Basically, 
blackmailing us, right? That was extremely unpleasant. Out of principle, you just definitely don't want to pay such dues. But because there were so many other taxis around, and he, I mean, by this point, we felt like there's so much deception and aggression. We just don't want any possible conflict. So we ended up paying him fifty anyway. But was very, very deceptive. Just unpleasant. And on our return taxi ride, a similar experience. Like I mean, we had this mental preparation. We realized we need to like confirm the price over and over again to avoid any unpleasant endings. But. When we we're trying to get into a taxi, there were like about five people who handed us over to the final driver, and every person would then ignore the price the previous person have agreed upon. They raise it, right? So we started by saying, "Okay, twenty-five." They refused. We eventually agreed on thirty. Thirty dirham. It's as if the deal has been made. But when you hand us over to the next person, the price increase again. You have to bargain all over. I was just like, what? Anyways,、um, I mean, there were other small stuff. It's just like,、oh, really made the day in Marrakesh stressful. And we did some research of other tourists' ex- experience. It turns out it's quite common. Unless people don't bargain at all, like whatever price is quoted, they pay for it. Maybe they might have、uh, an easier time. But then, who knows? Maybe they'll discover they paid like five times more than than local, and just feel ripped off, you know. And we also learned that if you, when you are inside a shop. If they offer you tea and you drink it, like that tea is not for free. It's part of their sales tactic, you know. They are very, they are very, I guess, organized and and and, and focused on making money out of tourists. That's truly their main source of income, and there is a lot of poverty around. So, and the air is highly polluted. It's just very stressful. Very stressful. We, I realize I'm rambling. This、uh, is becoming really long. I'm almost not like. I mean, the trip had beautiful parts to it. Because after we learned enough about Marrakesh, we ended up taking a day trip. Went to see Africa's highest mountain, not the highest mountain, highest waterfall, and getting out into the nature. Made things a lot more pleasant, and then beachside. Estrella was also comparison. 
a lot more lovely because people were nicer. There were still similar like sales tactic and stuff, but not as much. And I think by that point we have enough expectation. We know more or less how to, I guess, navigate and bargain. So it became a lot more pleasant. And the highlight of the trip was when we went to this、um, surf. Surfing beach, because Istria was so windy, like we couldn't really enjoy the beach. But then we went to this place called、uh, City Cookie, City Cookie. It was a thirty minutes drive away from Istria, and this place is like so surreal because we were one of very few people there, and it the beach is kind of like. Sahara desert. I think it's a vibe of it, and it was windy, but in a good way. And there was enough way for a lot of people to surf as well. And there are all these horses, camels. So scenic. We, we had a wonderful time, and I had a, we had our best food in the country. There in a very Unassuming small cafe. It looked very like not not rundown per se, but just super basic. But their、um, tajine, this local slow cooked dish, was the best, super flavorful. Like we we definitely had some good moments in in on the trip, but、uh, but yeah, it was、uh, was very much a cultural experience. And wow, I've been rambling for twenty two minutes. This is、uh, a bit a bit too much. Okay, I'm gonna stop here. I feel like I was just.、Uh, Rambling,、uh, probably focus too much on the on the detailed experience, but I, I think it's important because those kind of things don't get like are not kind of like they are like the second layer of your vacation research, right? Like they are not highlighted. People talk about the good things first. I mean, it's true. Like, it's very unique. It has beautiful parts to it, but you gotta be really careful as a tourist there. You know,、um, it's so easy to be ripped off. It just felt very stressful. Accidentally, kind of stopped、uh, the previous part. So, just gonna say a few final words. Like, I think it's important to to 
talk about our actual experience. At the same time, we definitely also like appreciated this trip in a sense. It was such a cultural experience. It was such a reminder on like how lucky we are to to live in societies where there is a base level trust and and also where things are more transparent now I'm sure locals probably have a different experience because they roughly know how much things are like even when people try to ask for more they can fend themselves but at the same time I can completely relate in the sense when I was growing up the day to day life in China was very similar and I remember an incident super well that because you had to bargain at every transaction right smallest purchase you make it's so exhausting and I remember this incident where typically my mom buys groceries for us she knows things like the average price etc she's good at getting good deals for us but my dad isn't as familiar so when he went to buy stuff he was tricked and when he got home my mom learned about how much he paid for stuff he got made fun of by my mom it's mocking but you know like you see the point it's just like uh, it's unpleasant you know it's like even as a local you can give you can get tricked unless you really know your thing so tiring so tiring um so yeah i take that back i think even as a local like me personally wouldn't enjoy that kind of experience so there we go uh, it's good in getting the perspective and you know landscape wise like it's definitely unique you got to see a lot of deserts oh forgot to mention the best highlight of our trip is goat tree so you wouldn't know like apparently to make argan oil right they rely on goats poop there is a type of goat that climbs trees and loves eat argan nuts they seem like nuts to me at least and and what they poop out like after digesting the the covers the pooped out part are then handled by humans to make argan oil yeah i know it sounds quite gross but that's how things are done and uh we saw a tree ways like white goats standing on like tip of branches as if they were the fruit it was so surreal i remember like when i first saw it in the bus i couldn't believe what was in front of me and uh and i froze until i remembered we were told by uh this tour guide and um, we visited the waterfall that yeah like there are goat trees goat trees yeah indeed so yeah that was was pretty cool but 
perspective is probably the biggest lesson from the trip, and um, a, a learning on how pictures, even though they speak a thousand words, sometimes words describe more because pictures just two dimensional and. For instance, when we were in Estheria, we had this flat right by the ocean, and because this place is extremely windy, sand get blown everywhere. Like when you see a picture of the place, you're like, "Oh God, it looks awesome! Window view, right? All that." When we were actually there, the windows covered by sand, you can hardly see through it. It's like sandstorm, and then the sand even gets into the flat. From our research, seemed like that's pretty constant state. This place is famous for windsurfing. I know, right? But anyways, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's that's it for today. Um, I think definitely highlighted most part about um, about the trip in Morocco. A good thing we made local friends. Not local friends. We made friends with other fellow tourists. So definitely had a good time. And、uh, well, in some case, we bonded over our frustration, our frustration. And and oh, how did I forget to mention? We were over there doing Ramadan, so in that sense, it was also unique, right? And maybe made the trip actually better in a way because because it's Ramadan, right? Like the streets were less busy, and.、Uh, But yeah, we were not at all inconvenienced in terms of you know eating and, and etc. Because they do like rely on tourism, like the whole country rely on it. So restaurants are open.、Um, the only thing is doing around like seven thirty to nine. It's harder to find food,、um, but as long as you eat before that, it's pretty cool. All right, thank you for tuning in. As always, appreciate your effort and progress. See you tomorrow.